Hello and welcome to The Blip. I'm John Money. What was the first thing you and I ever wasted as a baby? And the industry totals around $20 billion annually in the U.S. Oh, and some countries don't waste them at all. Let's talk about it. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Sell, sell. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Yes, I'm talking about disposable diapers, a projected $50 billion industry which is growing stronger by the day, even though a third of parents struggle to pay for them. So, in a way, trickle-down is a thing, at least when we talk about the runs. Watch out, there there it comes. But look, even if you can buy these polythaline plastic contraptions, just know that once you toss it in the trash, it still sits for 500 years in a landfill. Wow, 500 years. And you were worried about your family's legacy? Don't worry about it, taken care of. Hey, maybe uh, you and baby can take a walk one day to see your diapers. Oh, look, there's daddy's diapers. And if you dig a few feet down, you'll find granddad's. Hey, and when you grow up, you can bring your kid here too. The smell is always the same. Go ahead, breathe it in and remember it. Speaking of grandpa and the past, let's step inside the blip time machine to the 1940s. Your great-great-uncle has just plopped a nickel down on the counter to get an ice-cold Coke from the local gas station. Why plopped? I don't know. Things just plopped back then for some reason. Anyways, as he leans in against the counter, he hears the announcer on the radio saying that Joe DiMaggio is up for bat for the New York Yankees. So naturally, he plops another nickel down to make his usual bet. And while all this uh, plopping is going on, your uncle's old high school buddy pulls up in a light blue four-panel truck with the words, We Follow the Stork, painted on it. Making that moolah, Your uncle says as his buddy enters the store. Can't complain, he replies. You know, your uncle looks at the store owner and then points to his friend. This guy has created a business that will never die. You know why? You're always going to have babies. They're always going to be pooping. What your uncle's friend's laundry service didn't see coming was a decade later the boom from the plastic industry in the 1960s and the demand for disposable diapers. And disposable diapers were a rather new addition to a growing list of throwaway products doing harm to our wallets, our lifestyle, and the environment that started to gain popularity in the 1950s. And since the 1960s, the use of disposable diapers has continued to rise fourfold, despite the heavy costs for new families and the disastrous environmental effects they're having. The good news? The return of cloth diapers and using a technique known as elimination communication, or EC, or gaining popularity in the West, even though they never really went away in some countries. But more on that later. Let's start with your wallet. You might think by now that with all the science and innovation around us, we would have created a diaper that was both cost-friendly and baby-friendly. But you'd be wrong. The fact is, 30% of parents in the U.S. cannot afford diapers. And although diapers seem like a necessity for new parents, the expense is not covered by any kind of government assistance. This leaves the poorest of families spending almost 14% of their income on diapers alone. And purchasing diapers was shown to cause the most financial stress to many new parents, second only to daycare, 
To add to this, those trying to make the diaper last longer end up reusing the diaper sometimes, or even worse, keeping the diaper on the baby for extended periods, leading to urinary tract infections, diaper rash, and as one German study discovered in 2000, possible scrotal hypothermia due to the heat generated in the plastic enclosure. And as much as the industry may try to convince you that their diapers do, quote, breathe, just remember, it's mostly plastic. You know, plastic, the the material you use to carry your goldfish home from the fair, only to uh, suffocate it later because there was a small hole, really small, to let all the water out, causing, perhaps, I don't know, your middle school sweetheart to see you as a killer instead of someone who can knock over all the pins really well. (sighs) Sorry, Gabriella. How was I supposed to know there was a hole in the bag? Did you think about that all these years? Oh. You haven't thought about it. Okay, well, neither have I. Occasionally, I've thought about it. But the obvious question is, why doesn't the industry want to get away from such a horrible material? Well, you know the answer. Just remember, it's a $50 billion industry, and plastic is cheap. Oh yeah, and uh, the oil companies, of course, wouldn't want it any other way. Which leads me to problem two, plastic. A team of researchers at New York University's Grossman School of Medicine found 10 to 20 times more plastic particles in baby poop compared to adults. And I know what you're thinking, John, you're telling me there's plastic in my poop? Well, yes. And it's not all from that pen that you chewed on nervously in school. That's part of it. The reality is, since the 1950s, there's been a constant fourfold increase in plastic production resulting in us now producing 400 million tons of plastic every year, totaling in around 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic created to date. And to put that in perspective, um, I can't. It's 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic. Okay, fine. For all those out there that are like, I need a mental picture. I don't think it's so bad. You know that gigantic blue whale that's like three school buses in length? You, You know, the one in your science book? Okay, so take the weight from one whale and turn it into plastic. Just the weight, not the size. Now, how many gigantic, heavy plastic whales do you think we've created over the past decades? A hundred? Thousand? A million? If you think we've created a million gigantic plastic whales, well, you'd be wrong. We've created 80 million of them. You got the mental picture now? I don't know where you're putting 80 million whales, but anyways. So where was I? Ah, yes. So the baby isn't actually eating their diaper, which I hope you assume that. Instead, it's all the plastic that's surrounding the baby, from the 90% of all the toys from plastic, more on that in a future episode, to the 60% of our clothes, to the packaging that our food comes in. We are literally creating a world of plastic for the baby to digest, poop out, and lastly, poop into. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. So technically, we are recycling using the baby? Does that count? You know the saying, you are what you eat? We might have to add, you are what you eat and buy. Before we get to the good stuff and the problem solvers of the world, let's talk about one last problem. You probably can guess what this is from all those lovely disposable plastic sacks of poop everywhere. Yes, pollution. Disposable diapers make up the third largest single consumer item in the landfill, and 92% of the diapers end up there. And if you haven't had enough visuals of plastic and poop yet, the number of diapers that are thrown away each year 
could circle the globe 90 times. Man, I, I wish Bill Nye had done an episode on that. He would have definitely given us a visual that we would have all remembered. And in countries where landfills and waste management systems aren't so developed, most of the polypropylene plastic, which is the most dangerous for marine life, end up in the ocean, adding to the 8 billion kilos of plastic annually. So although those diapers may have Nemo on them, just know that the other one you threw away may be strangling Nemo's cousin. Oh, earmuffs for the kids, if it's not too late. And despite these negative side effects to our environment and our wallets, the industry is still on route to become a $90 billion market by 2030. Wow, someone's living good. That's a 5% compounded growth rate. The only thing that has grown faster than that has been the cost of childcare, which since the 1970s has increased by 2,000%. And since the U.S. already ranks last for maternity leave in the developed world, I guess the childcare market is comfortable with the way things are. And so it only takes a few more steps of following the money trail to realize that the diaper industry actually profits when families don't have more time to spend with their babies. But let's talk solutions. In her book, The Diaper-Free Baby, Christine Lowe wrote, Everything we as a society have been taught in the last few decades by doctors, books, and even the disposable diaper industry would certainly lead many parents to believe that babies have absolutely no sphincter control or awareness of elimination, and that minimal control doesn't even kick in until after they are well past infancy. That's right, all those names you were called as a child like Stinker and Duty and Poop Boy may not have lasted so long had you been given that chance. In her book, Lowe provides a step-by-step guide for how to practice elimination communication, or EC, a technique which some countries like China have been using for decades. And having lived in China for four years, I must say that this was one of the many things that I was amazed at. The main idea is to learn the baby's signals and after a few months, be able to catch those and start potty training way earlier than, let's say, the average American would. Around 75 countries practice EC, which means around 50% of the world has their babies potty trained by the time they are a year and a half. And studies have shown that having a child potty trained sooner will not only lead to improved physical health, but the child will be more independent and self-aware of such a vital stage of development. But I get it. If that sounds like too much to take on right now, because of the factors that we've already mentioned, but you still have the image of Nemo's cousin being strangled by a dirty diaper, don't worry. We still have the option to go cloth, which, until the consumerist boom of the 1950s and the outsourcing of products in the 1980s, this was a viable option for a diaper. And before you try and guess how many disposable diapers you will use in the first two years of your baby's life, just to see if the switch is worth it, I've got you covered. It's around 6,000 diapers. But don't worry. The cloth diaper movement is here, and the options for cloth diapers are endless. But let's say you don't really care about the environment. Well, first of all, I hope you have a lot of plastic in your poop. But the other reason you should be all about this is that you can save a lot of money. Of course, depending on when your child is potty trained, the less you will spend on diapers, cloth or not. But if the time is equal to two and a half years, the difference can come to around $2,000 in savings for just choosing cloth. And if you have a second child, well, that's a $4,000 savings, which you could spend on whatever, like 80 evenings covered by a babysitter and some well-deserved time for you. Or even better, a company that cleans your diapers for you, Eureka. And I know what you're thinking, John, that's not a new idea. That's how you started the episode. Remember your uncle plopping things? 
well, yes, but if my memory serves me well, Americans are horrible at knowing their history. So, for that reason, Eureka, a diaper laundry service. It feels new, right? And that's your blip for the day. Talk soon.